0: Listening to First Church Charlotte. Let's get into the scripture, Hebrews chapter number 13. If you would stand with me and turn your attention to Hebrews chapter number 13, I am going to preach for a little while uh, from the subject of the sacrifice. Of praise, the sacrifice of praise. I have been looking at it, perhaps, maybe just a little bit differently than than the the ordinary. But I want to review it because praise is one of the themes that we have to get right if we're going to walk with God. Can I have an amen on that? We have to get praise right. We have to get worship right. We'll talk about that just a little bit here, uh, together. We're looking at Hebrews thirteen. We're reading at verse number. 15, therefore by him, therefore by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We offer through the completed work of Jesus Christ, we are enabled to live a life of praise and worship to the Lord. Because of His work, we're able to stand in His presence and offer a sacrifice of praise to Him. And so we're talking about sacrifice of praise. Somebody say, In Jesus' name? Before you're seated, uh, tell your neighbor to stay awake. You're going to be watching them carefully. Amen. God bless you. So we have, we have a big subject today and it is my goal. It is my goal to challenge each one of you to a renewed commitment to living a life in the presence of almighty God. It is my desire today. That before you leave here, you have this sense of invitation upon you where you are invited to live a life in the presence of God. Uh, How do we enter into the presence of God? We enter into his presence through praise and worship. And we, as a result, spend a lot of time thinking about it. All of our services begin with praise and worship. That is not an accident. That is not just a religious thing. That is very intentional because if we're going to receive from God in our life, we must be able to stand in his presence. He will not force his presence upon us. Can I have an agreement in the house? We must stand in his presence. And so uh, we read in this scripture today this whole idea of offering a sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. We all of us, we all of us have opportunity to, to live a life where we place God at the center of our life. I, I, real quickly, let me just give you three levels of what I'm talking about, this theme of praise and worship. The, the first level is Thanksgiving. That's where we all can start. No matter where you are, no matter what you've come through, if you will, you can have a thankful heart. No no matter how bad your week has been, you could sit in that chair right there and say, God's been good to me. You don't need a big-time celebrity preacher. You don't need a big-time celebrity singer. You don't need a bunch of money in the bank. In fact, it almost works better if you're broke. All you have to do is decide you are blessed elbow your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. If you decide you are blessed, something can begin to happen in you. This is as it were a staircase to heaven where you realize you're in the house. You realize you're not in the presence of God and you're a little bit jealous because someone else is being blessed and you're not being blessed. And so you say, man, I need to get myself sorted out here. I need to come to church. Man, that's some fun preaching, Brother Nathan. Just take your time. You need to come on to church and get yourself kind of organized. And so you come into the house. Where do you start? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Yeah. That's the first step in your approach to the Shekinah. That is the first step in your inclination of your heart toward God. You start with thanksgiving. Out of thanksgiving, well, first of all, just to be reminded, thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of everything God has already done for you. It is an, it is an acknowledgement of everything God has done for you. Out of thanksgiving can come praise. Praise is the submission of your life and heart to divine order. God is in heaven, you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. When you praise God, you're acknowledging that you might be limited, but your God is not limited. You might be hurting, but your God is not hurting. Praise becomes that acknowledgement in your heart of divine order. Thanks giving what God's already done. Praise who God is. But if you will ascend the steps into this invitation, this place of invitation. I love how in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was called the tent of meeting. Meeting, as in, you called a meeting. You said, I'm going to be in the presence of God. And so you climb to that place of meeting where you stand in the presence of God. And you have have already acknowledged what God has done for you. You have offered thanksgiving unto the Lord. You have acknowledged who God is. You have a sense of divine order. God is on his holy hill. There is none like him. There is none who stand near to him. He alone is sovereign. He alone is glorious. He alone is magnificent. If you can do that. If I can get fired up, I might preach here. I feel like one of those little engines that said, I think I can. I think I can. I think I want you to hear. If you can work through Thanksgiving and you can work into praise, you will have an opportunity to be in unity with God. What is that? That is when you get to worship, where you are in a place of adoration. It is a place of spiritual completeness. You were made to be a worshiper. When God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden, he made them to be a worshiper. And every one of us here today are worshipers, whether we worship God or not. When you worship, you simply give value. You impute value to something. Non-religious people worship. Why? They give value to something. They may think it's their money that gives them value. They may think it's their family that gives them value, but you were made to be a worshiper. There is no human being alive today that is not a worshiper. They They may worship themselves like Lucifer. They may serve themselves. They may worship some uh, idol in some uh, case. They may worship some career. They may worship their family. They may worship their kids, but they get their value from something. I'm here to tell you the greatest value in your life is when you are rejoined together to your creator and you become a worshiper of the one who created you to be worshipper That is why in John 4 hear me that's why in John four, 4 that the Bible says that the Lord is seeking worshipers it doesn't say he's seeking worship Come on He's seeking worshipers. What is the difference? If all he needs is worship, there are beings created of the host of heaven. They literally exist as a part of the host of heaven. The counsel of God, the scripture calls, that their role is to offer continual praises unto God. If all he was looking for was worship, he would have no need to open his heart to the risk of loving us. But he's not simply looking for For worship, he's looking for worshipers. You were created for a divine relationship. I said you were created for a divine relationship, and you will never discover meaning until you get your heart right with God. You'll never discover spiritual wholeness until He sits on the throne of your life. Do you see? That is where we are made whole in the presence of God. When we are rejoined in the interwall of separation, as one writer said, that sin split us from the presence of God. That is removed. And through the precious work of Jesus Christ, through the cleansing and the regeneration of his blood, we are able to enter into the presence of God and we can go into the holy of holies. This is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You were created for this. Worship to God is that high place of spiritual unity where we are knit together with him. Uh, I I got into something in the 9 a.m. service. I I wasn't in my notes, but um, I I feel like I should touch on it here today because it's in my spirit. And I usually try to uh, get things out of my spirit on Sunday because then I can take a nice long nap. I have peace when I've preached something out of my spirit. But if it's still in my spirit, I just sit there and gripe because my kids are loud and my uh, blah, blah, blah. So you don't, you want me to have a nice nap, right? Okay. So I got to preach this out of my spirit. Okay. How is it that a man and a woman, how is it that a man and a woman become one? They become one, uh, through a physical joining that is more than a physical joining. Uh, a man and a woman come together and they join physically. Uh, but it is more than that because we are more than physical beings. We are spiritual beings. And one of the great problems of the modern, uh, culture of easy immorality. In the modern culture of easy hookup culture um, is the pretense that we are primarily flesh and not spirit. And so we, our society, involves in all this cheap immorality and they don't realize that every time they do that it is though your soul, your spirit is in some way knit together in a way that when you treat it in some non-covenant manner and it's casual and it's cheap, it fractures you. You pretend you're just flesh, and you can pretend it's just about the physical, but I'm here to tell you after it's all said and done, you feel like you've given a piece of yourself away because you were more than physical, you are a spiritual being you see what I'm saying? That is why we are called not just to attraction, but to covenant. Do you see what I'm saying? The same manner, in the same manner, what happens to, with us in Almighty God? How do we, we, are we joined together in one? We are joined together when in his presence, uh, our praise and our worship serves as an invitation for his spirit to take up residence in us. It is similar. It is the same type of a, of, of, of a, of a completion of a unity where that that you would see in the heavenlies where we invite god to take up residence in us and so uh, two entities are joined spiritually into one relationship that is built upon covenant yes. yeah. This is the highest being, the highest uh, manner of our being. This is how we were created in the garden. This is what sin destroyed. This is what God was always going for not just worship, but worshipers. Not just noise, but spiritual love. Because God's nature is love. And when we are transformed into his nature, we become people of love. That's why uh, in the Old Testament, all of the law and all all of the prophets could be summed up in love God and love people and in the New Testament the same command is called the law of Christ look up what the law of Christ is it's to love God and love people do you see God is love and and garden in, in the garden of Eden we were invited into unity with him when the rapture takes place and we're all called out of here however that happens that's a, that's a God thing but however it happens when it happens what's going to be it's going to be spiritual unity, yeah. Amen. the joining. How do we here have this joining of his spirit with our spirit? He inhabits the praises of his people. And so when I live a life of praise and worship, it is as though God is given a key to my house. Amen. And he begins to live in me. And this fleshly temple becomes host to the almighty God of glory. This is what it means to be spiritual. This is what it means to live a spiritual life. I invite all of you to live a life of praise and worship. I invite all of you to offer to God the sacrifice of praise. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I want you to see how this invitation is what it means to be spiritual spiritual people to walk with God, to have him near to us. Real quick, Exodus 19. Another thing wasn't in my notes, but I'm just going to give it to you for a discount rate. Just a small bump in the invoice I'll send you. Um, uh, Exodus 19. uh, The Lord lets all the house of Israel know he wants them to serve as priests to him. Not just the Levites. This is Exodus 19. He invites all of them to serve as priests to him. What's the unique nature of a priest? A priest ministers to the Lord. All the other people, all the other people, they don't minister to the Lord. It's the priests who minister to the Lord. Exodus 19, the Lord tells the whole nation, he wants them to serve as priests. Okay? Do you see what's happening here? Well, they... As the Lord speaks to Moses and the mountain shakes and the thunder rolls, the people are terrified at what God is doing. All of us are terrified when what we see is the presence of God and it is wrapped in mystery. And it's always going to be wrapped in mystery mystery until that day when we're caught caught up to be with him. It is wrapped in mystery. And because they do not understand, what do they do? They're filled with fear. They're filled with fear and they tell Moses this, you talk to God for us. You talk to God for us. We don't want to talk. All we know is that's terrifying. you, You feel vulnerable. You feel you're humbled when you're exposed to the presence of God. You talk to God for us. And so what happens? Moses talks to God for them. What's the result of denying the presence of God? You get law. What do they get when they refuse to be a priest unto the Lord? They get law. Moses comes back down from the mountain with law. If You, you see, here's the thing. This is the whole point of the New Testament. This is why the Pharisees, the, the scribes, the house of Israel, all the priests, the Sanhedrin council, they then, having received law, reject Jesus because they would rather have lesser they understand. Something terrifying terrifying they don't understand. We are invited to be spiritual people. We are invited to walk in the presence of God. It is the only way we can be led of his, of his spirit. And the way you're going to do that, you're going to enter into his presence every day, starting with thanksgiving. I'm thankful for what you've done for me, oh God. If it wasn't for you on my side, where would I be? If it wasn't for your anointing and your mercy so beautifully and given to me, if it wasn't for your grace that flowed down and covered my sins, oh Lord Jesus, there would be no hope for me. So, so I'm so thankful and I want to praise you because it's in your heart. You are, it is your nature. You don't have to try to do good. It is in your heart. When I was a sinner, you loved me. I have moved from thanksgiving into praise. What's going to happen when he responds to my praise? We're going to have worship. We're going to be drawn together into unity. Hear me, church. The highest honor of our lives is to minister to the Lord. Our ministry to others is the result of the overflow. And it's not work. (sighs) uh, Ezekiel 44 explains why the priests were not able to wear wool. Priests could never wear wool. Priests could only wear linen because they didn't want the priest to sweat. Because serving the Lord is not work. It's honor. Why am I preaching this way? I am making an apostolic appeal to every one of you to up your spiritual style to walking with God in the sacrifice of praise. Let me explain this. There's five kinds of sacrifice in the old Testament five. Um, the first of them would be, uh, the, 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 the ones that you would think of most obviously like the sin offering, um, and also the trespass offering that those are two that are considered, um, probably the most well-known, but there also is the peace offering. There also is the grain offering or the wave offering, uh, the same thing. And finally, there is the burnt offering. I want to point out to you that when the writer says sacrifice of praise, we tend to think in terms of I don't feel like praising God, but I'm going to get out of bed and praise God anyway. Honey, serving God ain't work. It's your honor to get your lazy hat out of bed and lift up praises to the Lord. (laughs) It's having fun. It's having fun. It's having fun. I want you to see two of the five types of sacrifice are mandatory. Two of them are mandatory. The sin offering. This is for the errors you commit and you knew better. You sin. that sin offering is when you know better. And yet it's just hard because we're mean to trespass. The other three offerings are offerings that are voluntary. You don't have to do them. There's no law that requires you Offer a burnt offering, it's got to come out of your heart. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you have a sense of God's goodness in your life, you can schedule, you can show up, you can bring an offering unto the Lord. The grain offering, not required, it has to be in your heart. If you want to find an excuse not to do it, you don't have to do it. But if it's in your heart and there's something in you that just wants to offer that unto the Lord and them that, I want you to see that sacrifice becomes a, a confession. Of your reality in this sense, I can't do what needs to be done, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. I can't do what needs to be done, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. Remember the story of King David? He needs a plot of land. The guy, it's for, for the Lord. The guy offers to give it to him. David says, no. No. I am not going to receive something to give to the Lord that cost me nothing. I can't pay God's bills, but don't you think I'm willing to do something? This is what I want you to see. The person bringing a sacrifice. I cannot cover my sins. I cannot pay my debt. That is beyond me. But there remains something I can do. So when we offer a sacrifice of praise, along with our confession that I don't exactly know how to fix this, comes this reality. My God can do anything. 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 And so Lord Jesus, I'm here to praise you. Not because I know what to do, but because of who you are. I'm here to worship you, God. Not because I have everything organized and straightened out. I don't. But I'm here today because of what you have done for me, who you are, and this is me offering my heart to you saying, God, let me walk with you. Let me walk with you. Let me walk with you. We have the greatest opportunity in the world, and that is this. Through the work of Jesus Christ, we are able to offer a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. We are able, like the priest offering sacrifice, we are able to minister to the Lord. And that is the highest honor of our life, to live a life of ministering to the Lord. And if we ever begin to do that, if you ever learn how to structure your life around a sense of his majestic power and a sense of his presence, if you begin to start your days with the sense that God is mighty and glorious, I just want to say that I want to walk with you today, Lord Jesus. I just want to say, Lord Jesus, that I... I want to walk with you. I want this day to be a day where I I sense your presence. The church is praying. And the Bible says this. As they ministered to the Lord. Read it with me. As they ministered to the Lord. What are they doing? They are gathered together. And they're singing the praises of God. And they're worshiping God. And they're glorifying God. What happens? The Holy Spirit speaks to them. And what does he do? He gives them mission. Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Everything we do flows out of the overflow of our ministry to the Lord. You are invited to be a priest. And the way you're going to minister to the Lord is with the things you choose to say. Every day. So I choose to tell you all, there is none so lovely as He. And with the fruit of my lips, I minister to the Lord. I choose to tell you, no matter what you've done, His mercy is enough. And with the fruit of my lips, I minister to the Lord. I choose to tell you today, there is no place where you're too far for mercy to grab you and pull you to his heart. And with my lips, I minister unto the Lord. I've come to tell you this. Some of you guys are in a bad situation. Insert bad situation here. There's like a blank spot for a bad situation. You're going to make it. Why? Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his the seed of the Lord begging bread. The seed of the righteous begging bread. I'm here to tell you, you're going to make it because I know God. I know God, and by my lips, and by my words, and by my testimony, I minister to the Lord. And out of that, Overflow, purpose, anointing, miraculous, dominion of God. Let's all stand. I'm going to invite you to step out of the chair you're in right now. I'd like all who will to step out and come down to the front here today. If you're a guest with us, feel free to come with us. We won't embarrass you in any way. We're just glad you're here. We won't make you awkward in any regard. We just want you to feel at home. Those of you who who will, I'd like you to step out of the chair you're in. I'd like you to come down to the front. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. You today. We bless you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text give. 704-445-5353. 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.